Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Call pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a new week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios right here in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Opening segment of the show sponsored as it is every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. We'd encourage you the next time you have a taste for delicious barbecue, make sure it's Dickie's. Right here in Hattiesburg, you can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, or through the take-home. Quick reminder, sun fades continue to plague the world of radio here all through the week. We're expecting a uh, a sun fade today that will last about 18 minutes and uh, should occur within the next seven or eight minutes. But remember, you can uh, go online, supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, supertalksouthwestmississippi.com. Pick up the show live on the stream, won't be interrupted by the fade. And, of course, the many podcasts that are available uh, after the show uh, will be fade-free as well. All right, it's Monday. We always uh, talk to our favorite baseball coach, Scott Berry, Southern Miss Skipper. And, of course, uh, uh, the Golden Eagles win another weekend series, bounce back from a Friday night loss, uh, 6 to nothing loss, to beat Jacksonville State 6 to nothing on Saturday and then 3-1 to uh, yesterday afternoon to take their third consecutive uh, weekend series. Uh, coach Scott Berry with us. Coach, uh, kind of a batting slump plagues the team Wednesday night and uh, Friday night, but uh, they bounce back really well Saturday. Uh, first of all, kind of your overview of the weekend. Well, you know, obviously uh, winning the series was, was the goal uh, going in. Uh, you know, obviously all like to sweep a series, but given uh, losing Friday night, getting shut out, and, and being able to rebound and, and persevere over that, as well as the state loss in, in the midweek on Wednesday for our guys to come back and, and play a, a really, I thought, a complete game of baseball on Saturday. Bob, probably one of our better games that we played. Walker Powell obviously pitched phenomenal that day. But, you know, we did a lot of things right at the plate. We uh, we competed there uh, very well. Only scored in a couple of innings, which uh, you know, but they were three run spots and used the the long ball to do that. Uh, but I, you know, the most important thing to me is we only had four strikeouts on on Saturday. Right. So that we this this team needed that win very badly to to put ourselves in a position and challenge ourselves to to win our third straight weekend series on on Sunday on the road, which was really really key for this team to be able to do that. 
It's hard to overemphasize. Am I wrong? Uh, the job Walker Powell did. He pitched seven shutout innings, and he gave you he gave the team an opportunity to get their swing back, get their confidence at the plate back. They were never in a hole with Walker Powell on the mound. No, they really weren't. You know, and if you look at his line, he uh, you know he covered seven innings for us, which played huge into yesterday's game because it kept all of our bullpen really fresh to win that third game, uh, which I think is big, is really important. And I don't know if you listened to the post game on Saturday night or not, Bob, but you know, the one thing that I didn't want to, to get lost in Walker's outing was the mere fact that he took a really hard hit ball right. off the ankle in the first inning. And of course, you know, we're all like, what else can go wrong? Right. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, I really thought we were going to lose him and now here we go. And, and he was able to uh, to pitch through that and uh, not only get through that inning, but then go six more innings for us, which uh, right. I think just really showed a leadership of not only uh, being able to pitch, but pitch through some pain and, and do what it took to, to, to lead this team in, in, what, in the direction that we needed. So great, great performance by him. Uh, you know, gave up five hits, uh, no runs. Walk three, so there were some times he had to pitch around some things, but he made those pitches. Funny you say that, Coach. Those are the exact words that came out of my mouth when that ball hit him. What else can happen? I, I figured for sure. I figured for sure he was gone. Well, I did too. You know, and of course, you know, we're scrapping already. We've got a three-game losing streak uh, that we're trying to to elude and and start start a streak of a win streak. And man, you've got your guy who's been one of your top guys for the past four or five years and uh and then but for him to be able to overcome that and do what he uh, did that night just you know tells you what kind of competitor he is right no question so sunday you went three to one you got two uh long balls from mcgillis and uh, and tribble but i thought pitching was uh, again a big story sunday i thought the pitching was very solid yesterday well i did too you know ben etheridge had a problem control problem honestly just uh, and his staff didn't really indicate it. You know, he only had one walk, but he was behind hitters almost, it seemed like, every hitter having a trouble uh, feeling the baseball. I, 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 they, By the way, their ball was a different brand than ours, and uh, I haven't used a Wilson baseball in a game for a long, long time. Many years have we come across that, but the Ohio Valley Conference that is their baseball is the Wilson and, and ours is Rawlings and, and the Rawlings ball is the ball of the NCAA championship. So, uh, you know, our conference does with Rawlings. So there was a different feel there. And so Ben was having trouble really uh, getting a grip on, on the ball and it, and it stayed that way for four innings. But, you know, he had to pitch around some stuff. I mean, he had four hits. He did give up one run. It was earned. Only two strikeouts and a walk, but there were there were several things in there that uh, several counts that he had to battle back from. So in his young young year or young career, uh, you know, I thought that he showed uh, a uh, a side of him that that's going to be uh, very dominant for him as we move through. Of course, Ock did a terrific ter- ter- terrific job in the bullpen, covering two innings for us, three strikeouts, and no walks, a couple of hits. Tanner Hall, you know, can't say enough about that young freshman. Comes in, throws a clean inning for us there in the uh, in the seventh, and then in the eighth inning, he gets a strikeout that uh, gets by, gets away from the catcher, so they start the inning. 
with uh, with a runner at first on a strikeout. So, you know, you can kind of feel this momentum. We make an error in that inning. So, obviously, the tying runs are on, the winning runs at the plate, or the go-ahead runs at the plate, and he's able to pitch out of it. And, and well, I'll tell you, he, uh, he has that presence of somebody much, much older than what he is, uh, mm-hmm. Bob. And it's, it's great to see a young kid like that compete. And, of yeah. course, we get Ramsey out there, and uh, it didn't go without the tying runs on and the winning run at the plate. But, uh, you know, that's a, that's a tough deal because Garrett hasn't been out there for over a week. So we've kind of learned some things there that we, we kind of have to do moving forward to prepare him for a weekend. But overall, he persevered, punched the last guy out to end the game, and got his third save of the year. A lot of freshmen and a lot of sophomores, Coach. Yes, there is. So, but you know, uh, as, as the message is, each day we're getting a day older. You know, we're not staying the same age as as we were the day before. We're getting older. So, with that, with the experience, we've got to be able to uh, uh, turn that into better baseball play and, and better baseball IQ. How we how we play the game. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach Barry. Coach, uh, after the Mississippi State game, there's some Mississippi State fans. You talk about youth. Uh, people really impressed by Reed Trimble's approach to the plate. This weekend, if I did my math right, 7 of 13, I think five RBIs. I mean, technically he's one of what they call, you know, the COVID freshman. Uh, talk about his advanced approach to the plate and, and his performance this weekend. Well, you know, he, he doesn't really have a whole lot of weakness to his game. I mean, he's, he's kind of a five-tool guy, if, he, if you want to know the truth. He can really run. He can catch, he can throw, he can hit, he can hit with power as we're seeing. So, uh, and he's not a very big kid, you know. So that's that's what's kind of neat about him is the power that he generates, particularly from that left side, and, and has this year. So he's a highly competitive young man, probably harder on himself than, than anybody else could be on him when he fails. Uh, you know, he's 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 a guy that thinks that he's supposed to get a hit every time he gets up, and you know that's probably. Uh, the worst thing about him is that he's too critical of himself. So, but proud that that Reed is is doing what he what he's done for us. He had a phenomenal weekend, like you said, and uh, you know he's going to continue to develop and get better. Coach, just about thirty seconds left before we hit the break. Uh, comment on on uh, Andrew Stanley um, Saturday, a big day at the plate, three for four. Yeah, Andrew hadn't seen a lot of time. Blake has been seeing more time behind the plate, but uh, it was Andrew's time there on Saturday uh, to I've been kind of just uh, resting one, and and he had such a good game for us on Saturday. I said I'm rolling him back out there on Sunday. I'm gonna <laughs> if it's hot, I'm gonna stay with it. And uh, of course, I thought uh, both games. Uh, his number one goal and our goal for him is to to be a good defensive catcher back there and to to give that pitcher the confidence that they need to compete and, and, and win a baseball game. That's the number one job of our catchers. But right now, offensively, uh, certainly uh, if we can get somebody in the lineup that, that's producing, then I'm going to stay with them. And, and Andrew, uh, he showed that on Saturday with his uh, – with his uh, – uh, parents behind the plate and at the plate, and we rolled with him yesterday. So I thought I thought he did a did a, a very good job for us. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Barry on the Eagle Hour. We've got a short three minute break. We're going to ask coach to hold through more questions as the uh, Golden Eagles win their third weekend series of the year and get ready for the raging Cajuns of Southwest Louisiana. More from Coach Scott Barry right after this. 
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry after another weekend series win. This one at Jacksonville State University. Fun watching the ball team play all weekend. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great place to buy your favorite Southern Miss apparel. You got a lot of baseball stuff there right now. Miss Kathleen and her staff are happy to help you. You can shop online at campusbookmark.net or you can shop in person on Hardy Street right across from the campus. All right, Coach, I asked you a question off the air. You, you gave me a great answer, I thought. Uh, and, and baseball teams get in batting slumps, and then the next thing you know, the batting slump is over. And I asked you, was there something specific uh, you could put your finger on? And you told me if there was, you'd be selling it. I would be selling it, making a lot of money, I can assure you. And and, and so would everybody else if they could figure that out. But, no, you know, uh, Bob, it really is. I mean, hitting's contagious. Just just the opposite of not hitting is contagious a lot of times. But, you know, why does it all of a sudden, does a couple of hits get you going? You know, does it create doubt in that pitcher on the mound who all of a sudden, you know, had a strength feeling really good, and then all of a sudden he gets kind of hit in the face and, and his confidence – goes down the good ones i told you you know they seem to be able to turn it up a notch and and they pitch out of it you know but but mm-hmm. those if, if there's just a little bit of weakness you know it may create a big weakness in them and uh, and that's why i think a lot of times you see that right look get back in here you hadn't had a chance to talk much coach coach uh we always try to be straight up and you're always a straight up guy you you told told us in uh beginning of the season you were concerned about the team strikeouts obviously i don't want to go back to tuesday that is what it is but uh you know 12 strikeouts in in game one is there is there something you know that that we're going to look to to change in the approach or is it just a case of good pitching on friday well it's on i mean it's an ongoing process that we're trying to change you know uh told i'll tell you just like i told the team on thursday at practice uh, you know after the mississippi state game and it, it's a it's a mindset you know it's it's literally wanting to change something that you do uh you know on on saturday i as, as we were coming to the game this is after 12 strikeouts on friday so we had 32 strikeouts in two games wednesday and, and friday and, and where i thought we competed obviously a little better than we did at Mississippi State. Um, it still wasn't where we needed to be. We had bases loaded, nobody out, and, a, and at that time, a, a tight ball game. And then we punch out three times. You know, so we're all of a sudden that guy. We have him on the ropes, their starter, which he was good, and, and most every Friday night starter is going to be good. Uh, but why all of a sudden did he turn it up and we turned it down? And so. You know, I, on Saturday before the game, on on the way there, I, I ran into a, a tweet that somebody had posted about the great late Kobe Bryant, and he was talking to the U.S. diving team, and he was talking his definition of mental toughness, and he said it's the ability, in his mind, it's the ability to take focus off from what is blocking you to be able to be successful, and he used the example as an injury, an ache, or a pain, and take that focus to another place. And, of course, you know, immediately I saw that in Walker with the ball hit off his ankle. You know, I thought about Kobe Bryant using the injury, using an ache and pain, and he was able to take that focus off of that and take it to, to somewhere else. And it's the same way with when you're struggling with something. It's if you continue to focus on the struggle, you're going to continue to struggle. 
So you have to be able to take that focus to a different place and, and be able to create situations in your mind where you're going to be successful and you believe you're going to be successful. So we've all heard the mind is a powerful thing. It is. It, it controls everything we do. Every day we get up, it controls how we approach the day. And, and, and that's so important. And, it, and it, I think we take it for granted. But in a competitive situation, it is the difference between success and failure. I guess the same along those lines. Uh, you look at you know the, the team batting average right now. It, they're they're two hundred one, and that is you know just it, it's way different than what it's been. And I, I coach, I feel like there's a lot of things about that. But I guess one way to communicate it is uh, we can only improve going forward, and and so it'll be great to see how how the guys do that. Uh, one more question for or for me for, from the weekend. Um, any specific reason why Powell pitched Saturday? I uh, just want to change it up, you know, trying to get him back uh, back in that middle instead of uh, Ben and just pushing Ben a little bit. I always wanted to work with Ben a little bit more on uh, on his game, so that was it. Nothing more. All right, Coach. Uh, we've talked a lot about the, the early season schedule. It certainly doesn't get any easier this weekend. An old foe comes to uh, Pete Taylor Park, uh, the University of Louisiana. I guess I'm going to always think of them as Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, they're 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 just never an easy out, Coach. Oh no, no, they're very not. Uh, they're always tough. Uh, a lot of tradition there as well in their program. They're having a great year. They're nine and four right now. Uh, I think they actually go to Mississippi State and play them in a midweek before they come to us on Friday. But mm-hmm. uh, Coach Deggs, his, his club is really pitching well. Uh, you know, they're they're a team that kind of plays in helter-skelter offense. I mean, there's no telling what they'll do. You know, they they love to bunt run. They love to steal. They love to delay steal. Uh, there's just a lot of crazy things that they'll do that they try to put pressure on you. So, you know, you've got to be able to control the game and slow the game down and uh, and, net, and not get caught up in it. But the one thing you're going to have to do if you're going to play with Louisiana, Lafayette, or even beat them, you're going to have to compete, and that's what we're going to have to do all three games uh, against this, this club. And I know you're focused on the field. We heard this morning that they've <clears throat> that the school has been able to open up uh, some more season ticket sales. So <clears throat> hopefully – Excuse me. Hopefully, more people will be able to uh, get in the Pete this weekend. Do you have any particulars on that, Coach? I do not. I, as a matter of fact, when we were on, on break, I had a gentleman text me wanting to know any uh, any news on that, and I, I haven't heard a thing. So. Okay. I, I can pass along that I did speak to someone at the university this morning, and they said some season ticket sales have been open. I would suggest to that gentleman or anybody that's interested to call the ticket office. And I think they can uh, they can fill you in now on what you might or might not be able to do uh, in order to uh, watch some of the games this weekend. All right, Coach, I agree. we're not going to let you go without congratulating you. Saturday was a landmark uh, game for you as uh, you won your 400th game as the Southern Miss head coach. Congratulations to you. Well, Bob, thank you. Uh, you know, um, and just so many people in my life have played such a, an important role uh, of, of where I've gotten. And I, I'll be the first one to tell you, I certainly didn't do any of it by myself. You know, I was thinking the other day, you know, I didn't throw one pitch. I didn't get one hit. I didn't catch one ground ball or one fly ball and the whole thing. And uh, I tell you what, there was a bunch of great players that did. 
and there's a lot of great coaches that, that have been in our program that that helped teach those guys. So just so fortunate uh, to, to have been at Southern Miss and be at Southern Miss and be in company with Hill Denson and Corky Palmer, the, the people that built the foundation of this program. And, and, you know, hey, it was already in place whenever I was handed over the baton. I'm just, I'm just taking it and trying to carry it down the road for the next guy. So, but I do appreciate it very sure. much. Did that enter your mind at all Saturday, Coach, when you, when you saw you were going to win the game? Uh, did you get a chance to think about that a tad? No, not really. And I was kind of, uh, I got kind of emotional with the team. Will McGillis presented me the game ball after the, after the game there in mm-hmm. the post game meeting. And uh, that was, that was really special. So a lot of, a lot of people that I share that with Bob, a lot of people. So can't, right. I can't even begin to mention them. So, but I just want those people to know that, uh, I, I really share it with them. A guy once told me, he said, there's two kinds of people in this business. Those that are humble, and those that are going to get humbled. And uh, I just, you know, I just hope that uh, my peers view me as a humble person because that's what I feel like I am. Well, there's no they question do. about that, Coach. There's no que- it's not an easy game, is it, Coach Barry? Baseball's just not an easy game. No, it's it's not. It's a, it, Baseball games are hard to win. I mean, contrary to what people really think, it's they're hard. So you got to do a lot of things right to win baseball games. Right. And you do a lot of things right, Coach, and for that we're very grateful. And we're also grateful for the time you spend with us every Monday. We're already looking forward to next Monday visiting with you again. Thank you, guys. All right, Coach Scott Berry now Thanks, 400 Coach. wins under his belt Saturday. Uh, what, a, what a great accomplishment for him, Luke. What a great man is Scott Berry. Absolutely, and, and you think about it in the last week, what's happened, Dozier has uh, retired um and so Southern Miss baseball some some accolades piling up in the la- in the next uh, the, the last couple weeks and yeah you look at what Scott Berry has done and and the reason I I said that back to him was man he people recognize the the job that he has done and people recognize that there's one thing to do something really good for a year for two years even three years but when you're solid year in and year out right and you 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 just what what happens is you take it for granted sometimes and that goes back to our friends on the social webs they have taken <laughs> it for granted how good we've been for yeah. so long and yeah. it goes back to Corky, it goes back to Hill. But, yeah, congratulations, Coach Barry, on 400. I notice a lot of those uh, Internet coaches got real quiet Saturday and Sunday, Luke. So I'm, I'm kind of gl- sure I'm, I'm glad. They sure did. <clears throat> yeah, I'm kind of glad. All right, we'll be back. Kelly Sander joins us next. Stay with us. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues on an absolutely beautiful Monday. Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Bob Getty at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Happy to have you along. Third segment brought to you by Fourth Street 
Bar and Grill, every single day you can get the eight ninety five lunch. They had the choice today of a chicken club sandwich or a hot ham and cheese po' boy. Both came with fries and house-made chips, and you got a drink, and it was only eight ninety five. A lot of stuff going on, uh, spring training going on, uh, also f- college football in full swing in the FCS, and uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill will always have something on the telly if you go by there. Go see our good friend Slade White and his whole crew at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Kelly John Sander joins us on the phone. And Kelly, um, I was, was we just got off the, the phone with, with Coach Barry. Eagles are six and five, um, right at one hundred now in RPI. So they they've climbed, but you you think about it, they're six and five, but they've won three weekend series. Your your perspective on that? Well, we we talked about this on on Friday at uh, at Ramey Motors that you know the guys they were calling for a sweep, and it, it's so difficult for any team of of any of good caliber to be able to beat any team of another good caliber, you know, to sweep them. So I called for two out of three, and I, I just happened to be right this weekend. If you can, if you can win every series, that's, that, should be, that should be your litmus test. That should be the bar that you're shooting for. However, we did talk about the importance of winning some of those midweek uh, games against teams that you're going to be fighting for regional spots against if you don't win your conference tournament. So, so far, you can check it off the list, Eagles winning the weekend series. But the, but those midweek games now, they've, they've got to pick off a couple of those uh, during the regular season yeah. just to give themselves some cushion if they don't win Conference USA tournament. And these uh, these midweek games are, are few and far between. No midweek right. game this week. Next week they play South Alabama, and then the following Tuesday play Bama. Um, but then when, once conference season starts, you really don't have maybe one or two more um, the rest of the way. So, so yeah, you're exactly right what, what the Eagles have to do. All right, um, switching to basketball, the men tomorrow uh, play in the play-in game against Rice tomorrow night at 7 p.m. That game's on ESPN+. Plus. Ladies will play their first-round game on Wednesday against FIU at 11 a.m. And uh, Kelly out today, uh, two freshmen for uh, Southern Miss, both the men and the women's, get all, all freshman teams, Ron Pierre on the men's side, and then how do Pittsburgh's own uh, Malaya, Malaya Grayson on the uh, on the women's side. Pretty cool to see both of those kids uh, do well this year. Pierre uh, was started more at the first half of the season, but man, you got to be excited about him going forward. And the fact that you get enough that he they essentially gets to repeat his freshman year because of the COVID uh, rules. Uh, he's got nowhere to go but up. And I and I've, I've said from before, I think if he continues to develop um, like he has started to develop. And barring injury, I think he has a chance to be one of the very best to ever play here. Um, so I look, I look forward to seeing, you know, look forward to watching his career, you know, as it unfolds. And anytime on the on on the women's side, anytime that uh, any of our players, you know, get named all conference, but the fact that she's a local girl is always kind of a, is kind of a bonus. And I'm really pulling, really pulling for the Lady Eagles, considering what they've been through off the court with Coach McNellis's personal battles. And then on the court as well. I, I hope that they'll make a run, you know, deep into the tournament as well as well with the guys. But you know, Rice, the men split with Rice uh, during the regular season, so it, it's going to be a toss-up, just like you would expect it to be. Um, but then I think the, I think they win that game, and I think they play Marshall, which would be a really tough, you know, tough for anybody to 
to beat Marshall in that second round. But like I said, you know, um, anything's possible in, in these uh, tournament games. Bob? Uh, I, I concur with what you said about Joy Lee. What, a, what an interesting, <clears throat> not interesting, what a difficult year this has been. But she's such a courageous lady. And, uh, you know, Kelly, I was telling my wife Friday night about how uh, – how she spoke up on the show about the baseball team standing up for her and having the McNellis Strong T-shirts if they're wearing all year. And, you know, collectively, all of us, all of us in the Southern Miss family would love to see those women uh, win two or three games for her in this tournament. And wouldn't it be even a bigger story if they could, you know, go on uh, to maybe even win the tournament? And I know, I know it's a stretch if you base it on the regular season. But again, anything is possible. In these uh, postseason tournaments, which is why, whether it's RPI or in baseball, these midweek you know games over nationally ranked teams, you've got to make sure that that you've got Plan B ready to go in case Plan A doesn't work out. And I know a couple of years ago on the men's side, you know, Middle Tennessee, everybody thought that that was a done deal, and the men went in there, the Southern Miss men went in there and knocked them off, you know, and then uh, you know Middle Tennessee was practically they they made their reservations for you know. NCAA tournament, and they didn't even wind up going. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, anything can happen. It's a long shot, again, based on the regular season performances, but anything can happen in these tournaments, and it would be great if the women could, uh, could do something special. Right. Hey, before we get back into sports, let me uh, let me throw out a, a shout-out to a young man by the name of Dexter Dean. Dexter is a Southern Miss fan who lives in Washington, D.C., that messaged us over the weekend and thanked us for the show, says we are his avenue to keep up with Southern Miss. He sent me a very a nice article that the uh, I believe the Washington Post had written about Brian Dozier after he announced his retirement. So we want to thank Dexter Dean up in Washington, D.C., Redskin country fellas, uh, for listening to us uh, every afternoon. We appreciate that. The kind words that we get from a lot of people, you know, around the, around the area. And, and, you know, we understand that, that we're your kind of your eyes and ears, but I think the thing people say too that they like about us is that, that we that we're fair, you know, we call it the way we see it, and we and lots of times we're talking about the exact same things that them and their friends are talking about at their tailgate parties or at restaurants in town. Um, it's it's not coach speak, it's not the official word from the university. We're just fans like you guys are trying to cover the sports from every angle. Right, Luke. All right, a um, couple more things to talk about um, in in this segment. I, I asked Coach Barry directly, Kelly, uh, about the strikeouts, and I'm not talking about Tuesday night. Um, I just don't want to revisit Tuesday night in, in any shape and form. But the team is batting 201 right now. That is the lowest through 11 games that in, in recent memory. And I'm just going to be honest. If the Eagles wouldn't have hit a few home runs this weekend, they might would have. Um, if they don't hit two home runs, they, they lose um, yesterday. Are, are we going to have to continue to hit home runs to, to win, Kelly, or do you eventually think that the bats will, will get a little hotter than what they are? I absolutely think they will. Pitching, pitching is amazing. Outdo hitting at, at the beginning part of the year, but the timing with these guys and they're they're proven hitters over the long haul. The, the hitting, I'm not, I am not worried about it. And look, I tend to be, I tend to be a guy that where the glass is half empty. You know, I, I tend to be one of those doomsday kind of guys. But I'm not worried about this baseball team. 
I'm, I'm really not. I mean, look, they, the first game, everybody Friday night was about ready to jump off a bridge. They got two hit, right? And they, and they got beat six to nothing by Jacksonville State, who's a really good team. We, we talked about that, you know, on Friday. But then they bounced back the next day with, I think, double digit hits. And they, you know, they didn't hit the ball great yesterday, but it was good enough. You know, it's just find a way, find a way to win. And this is the, this is the downside of booking really good teams. Is you've got people, you know, if, if Southern Miss was, was, uh, was beating a bunch of really weak sisters and had a great win-loss record, everybody would be, oh, this is a great team. When in fact, it probably wouldn't be as good a team as a team that's on the field right now playing really good teams, seeing where their weaknesses are so that a, a good team is going to expose your weaknesses, right? So you can go back to the drawing board and strengthen your weaknesses. A bad team isn't going to expose anything. So you don't get better because you don't know that there's anything to work on. So I applaud everything that they've done so far. Again, if we want to have a discussion about, you know, panicking maybe a couple of years from now, which we won't have because that, that's what tradition is all about um, and consistency in, on the coaching staff, uh, then, then maybe we can have that conversation. But like I said, I, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. So. Just right now, just so people know, uh, no Golden Eagle hitter hitting over 300 right now. Four in the 200s. Trimble leading at 282. Fisher at 280. He went three for four yesterday. Sargent at 275. Dickerson at 235. Montenegro just batting 175. Uh, Slade Wilkes at 161. McKillis at 161. Lynch at 125. And Wien at 118. Uh, Reese Ewing, who has started a few games in the field and at DH, he's batting 235. I, I think eventually it's going to happen. They're, they're going to wake up. I thought it was good yesterday. Charlie Fisher, who's been having a, a, who had a rough week, went, went three for four. And what else can we say, though, about Reed Trimble, a COVID freshman and, uh, man, his approach right now, leading the team in home runs with four, leading the team in RBIs with 13. And, and I know there's more than one way to do it. And I know we're up against a hard break here, but, but, but my own particular type of player, I like those guys that hit singles and doubles. I'm not real big on the home run guys. I know home runs are sexy, but you usually get strikeouts as well, which don't, don't do anybody any good. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment this Friday brought to you by D-Bad and D-1 Training located on Highway 98. Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Uh, they got the spring break camps coming up next week, the 15th through the 17th. Be sure to sign up, dbathattiesburg.com. Great place to go for instruction, great place to go for fitness, D1 training, and DBAT, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Recap of the weekend, beach volleyball goes 1-3 Friday. They defeated Central Arkansas and then uh, lost to UAB, and then Saturday fell against number 14 FIU and number 9 
TCU ladies uh, practicing this week, and then we'll head to the South Carolina Invitational this coming weekend to take on Jacksonville, South Carolina, Mercer, and Coastal Carolina. Um, soccer also this uh, past Saturday defeated UTEP in in Hattiesburg. A ladies win three to one, so a great job there. Uh, lots of good play uh, by the Lady Eagles, and uh, they they improve um, so far on the year. They're three and two. And coming up, they're going to take on UTSA this Friday. So Lady Eagles right now, one and one in Conference USA. Uh, men and women's tennis, uh, it wasn't just the, the baseball team defeating Jacksonville State. Men's tennis was at Jacksonville State this past Saturday. They won four to three up in Jacksonville, Alabama. Ladies, uh, dropped a five to two contest to Western Kentucky, but won against Middle Tennessee four to three yesterday up in Murfreesboro, um, Tennessee. And then softball, uh, this weekend went one and three. They dropped two games to Auburn and a split with Troy. Uh, all right, guys, uh, today is the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the fight of the century. Smoking Joe Frazier against Muhammad Ali, the first of their several fights. It's the first time that really two uh, undefeated boxers fought for a, a heavyweight championship. Of course, uh, Frazier knocked Ali down, and it was Ali's first uh, loss of his career. I wasn't alive. You guys were, but I love going back and watching some of the highlights, Kelly Center. I, re- I remember it vividly, and I was uh, I was a, a youngster back in Iowa, and I was cheering for Joe Frazier, as I think most of the most most people uh, in the country I think were cheering for Joe Frazier. And I'll be interested to get you know Bob's take on this because you know the only thing I knew about Muhammad Ali is that he had a really big mouth, and that he he dodged the Vietnam War. Now, for people you know, for younger people that might be listening to this, uh, he was. Uh, drafted into to go to Vietnam, and didn't go. And other people that did that had to leave the country, usually to Canada. And um, this this is certainly putting a, a kind of a melodramatic spin on it. But at that time, if you were supposed to go to war and and chose not to, you were about the lowest form of human life. I mean, it was really contentious. And the fact that Ali did not go to war when other young men went to war, and then he was treated like a hero because he was an athlete. Here's that special treatment of athlete again. You know, everybody seemed to be cheering for Joe Frazier, and then when he won, it was um, it, it was quite quite a night. Uh, a whole different dynamic. You know, of course, as time went on, you learned that Muhammad Ali's uh, you know truculence and the way that he was. So verbose and would strut around the ring was more, more of a marketing tool, um, and and the draft dodger thing kind of faded off into the sunset. But at that time, Bob Getty, the last thing that anybody wanted to be was a draft dodger. Well, that's right, and I think all three of those fights that that's how the media staged it. You know, the, the conservative people in the country, the Nixon supporters, were all for Joe Frazier. The more liberal side of the country was for Muhammad Ali, and I, I remember seeing a documentary about those fights and that Joe Frazier was a real humble guy, and he was very uncomfortable being put in that position. He he really didn't like the uh, scenario that the media portrayed. He didn't really like being the good guy, bad guy type of thing. So he, he was very uncomfortable with that, but it was a big deal when he knocked Ali out and knocked him down and won the fight was – 
up until that point, he had been untouchable. And then, of course, they come back and fight twice more. Ali wins both fights. I do remember, Kelly, you probably remember this, the, the second fight, the Thriller in Manila. Ali won on a close decision, but I remember seeing where Ali said that it was such a, it took such a toll on him that in the last few rounds when he would go to uh, his corner that he thought he was going to die. It was it was just that physical a fight. It was unbelievable. And Kelly, am I right? Boxing has never been the same since the era of Ali and Frazier. No, and, and promoters have you know promoters have, have made themselves way too important. The promoters almost make themselves more important than the fighters. And and the fact that there was that rightly or wrongly there was that element of of political. Um, you know, back and forth there with, and, and, I, and I agree with Joe Frazier, that was that was put on him. He just wanted to fight. Right. Um, but it was kind of us against them, you know, the younger right. anti-Vietnam protesters against the, the people who wanted to back the government no matter what. But they were great, great athletic events and certainly entertaining across the world. Everybody in the world was tuned in. It was it was an international event. You're right about that. It, it wasn't it wasn't a boxing event in America. It was a boxing event around the world. All For all, sure. all three of those fights. All right, that wraps it up. Uh, Heath Hitton joins us tomorrow. We'll have plenty more to discuss about Southern Miss sports. Until then, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.